You're listening to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast, episode 55. You're listening to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast, where we believe business can be simple and you can use your intuition to run towards your goal. Self-made business and success coach, Lindsay Maloney, helps you start and scale your dream coaching business. With her step-by-step intuitive and creative guidance, you'll leave ready to put her tips into action, push your business forward, and work with your dream clients. Lindsay is here to help you get unstuck and structure your brilliance into a coaching business that's sustainable and financially exhilarating. Here's your host, Lindsay Maloney. On today's episode, I'm chatting with my new friend, Ashley, and we're chatting a lot about the growth pains of a business. We talk about scaling. We are very transparent when it comes to the things that we think about as we're launching, as we're growing, the things we invest in, um, people to help us with our business. This is a great conversation to listen to, especially if you are not only a coach, but you are just an online entrepreneur and you're wondering what it's like to grow your business past the six-figure mark and you're looking at multi-six figures, what that all entails. What are the thoughts that go through our minds um, as we think about our business's future, balancing our business with our families, all of that good stuff. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey, Ashley. How are you? I am good. How are you? I'm good. I love your background. It's so happy. Thank you. (laughs) It's my little, uh, took a year for us after we bought our house last year to get my husband out of this space and get him his own (laughs) studio. So I waited a year and just worked on like my laptop on the couch. So I'm like, look at my pretty girly space. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it nice to get your own office for once? Oh my goodness. Well, and you know, I had an office at the other house and that was Ben worked in the basement and he was because he does audio and video. So he, you know, didn't need the sunshine or anything. And our old house was really small. So when we moved to this one, we specifically bought a house that had room in the backyard to build him a studio. So we did, but that took significantly longer than we ever thought it would because we've never (laughs) built anything before. Um, And yeah, it was, it was really, it was really good. So he's got his space and it's kind of like he works out of the home, but it's right there. And And yeah, it's all good. That's awesome. I I started in this office and then I think I've moved my office so many times. Um, when I got pregnant, we had to switch bedrooms because we didn't have enough bedrooms for all the kids. And then this, I was like in my bedroom, then I was down in the kitchen, then I was down in the basement and now I'm back in my office. So it's right. so good. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's just, it's the one thing, like I do work a lot from the couch still. It feels really comfy, cozy to me, especially when it's, you know, minus 30 in the winter and right. there's like snow flying and I just it's very cozy to just be on the couch but my back and my shoulders from crunching over my laptop oh my goodness like I get a massage once a month and I can tell the months where I'm working at my desk more my actual desk and then the months where I'm working on the laptop and either my anxiety's bad or whatever is Mm. happening where I just don't want to work in my like you know, office, but I'm not going to lie. I love my little space here. And Oh, I know. I, I walk by my office and I'm like, I want to go in there. <laughs> I know. I know. Isn't that the conundrum of being, uh, um, you want to be the best mom and wife and you want to like be there when they're there. But then I don't know about you, but like when Monday comes, I'm like, Oh, thank God. I like, know. Thank God everyone's in school and thank God. <laughs> Um, you know, we, my son, I love him to death, but he's very high energy and high, I don't say high maintenance, but 
he, you know, it's almost like we have to entertain him on weekends, even though that is not our intention at all. I, yeah. I would love to parent like in the seventies where, and we do like send him in the street. <laughs> no, we do. We do. We moved to a street specifically where there was kids on it because he's an only child and okay. our old neighborhood, there was not really anything for him to do outside. So it was always um, oh, let's set up a play date and, you know, like oh. requiring really active amounts of organizing on our part. When he goes back to school on Monday, I'm like, oh, I kind of feel like I can actually take a rest, even though my rest uh-huh. day is working for seven or eight hours. But That's it feels actually good though. A rest it's a happy place. <laughs> right? I know. It's like, oh, I know what I'm doing in my job. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing as a parent. <laughs> so it makes me feel like I know what I'm doing in life when I <laughs> work on my business. <laughs> Oh, I totally agree. That's why we always want to just be in here. I can control everything that's happening on my computer yeah. screen. Yeah. Even though we totally can't. No. We totally we can can't. pretend. I, I like that pretend false sense of control and security. <laughs> it's very comforting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when Alex is at school, I'm like, I feel like there's a countdown timer and it's like, hey, he's at school at like, yes. drop him off at 840 and I have until like whatever time we're picking him up to get mm-hmm. all the things done. But to be honest, I'm in a huge season of burnout. Like I launched mm-hmm. um, beginning of April. I did, yeah. you know, I'm doing, going to do two launches for the year. So that was my first one. And I was really, I felt really good during the launch. Normally I don't even, I mean, it's all the prep work burns me out. And then I don't even show up for the launch. So mm-hmm. this is very different where I showed up consistently for that whole, you know, five days before the cart opened and the whole cart mm-hmm. opened. I was showing up really consistently on Instagram and providing so much value. And I was really proud of myself and surprised that I didn't get burned out. And mm-hmm. I was like, Ooh, maybe I'm like, I don't want to say over this burnout. Right. Thing. Like maybe I figured this shit out. And, and then like crashed and burned so hard for the, oh. like, I would say like, I'm just coming out of it now. Like this is the first week where I have felt even remotely normal. And it has been like, like a, a month. month since my launch ended. And so I, but that's kind of my, um, my MO for everything I do is I give so much of myself that mm-hmm. I have nothing left at the end of it. So I'm still learning how to regulate that energy, but yeah. I haven't been on calls for a month because I had to just kind of stop that yeah. and just be like, oh my God, I cannot, like, I cannot even show up to these calls and, and, I love hearing the other questions that come in because sometimes I'm like, well, if I don't have a question, should I, should I watch the call or listen to the recording? What's the value in that? But then other people are asking questions where you're like, Oh, like I didn't think about that or whatever. So, you know, I, I love it. But at the same time, I had to kind of take a step back the last month because I was just like, Oh my God, I've done it to myself again. Like I'm in Mm -hmm. my burnout anxiety loop again. This was not the intention. And Mm -hmm. I'm giving myself permission to take a little bit of a break. I did. Now I'm not very active in Facebook on my public page and I don't have a Facebook group, but even my lives that I did and most of my lives were good at least 20 minutes, if not half an hour or even 45 Mm -hmm. minutes. And I literally had like no one show up live on Facebook. I know. Whereas Instagram, you know, eight, 15 people and I don't have a huge audience, but Mm -hmm. I feel like Facebook is, um, and I give this analogy is, Facebook is like the community center now. It's like the church slash community center. It's where you go to go to your groups and to have Mm -hmm. the conversations within groups, but it's Mm -hmm. no longer where you're going. It's not the sexy place where you're going to meet new people. That's Instagram. Instagram is the bar. Mm -hmm. Instagram is the new social Mm -hmm. hub where you're meeting people that way. Pinterest is the mall. 
So Pinterest yes. is when you know you want something specific. Yes. Going like you're not hanging out at the mall. You're not really no. meeting your friends at the mall unless you're a 13 year old girl. But you know, mm-hmm. like Pinterest is the mall. That's where you're going to buy stuff. Instagram is the sexy bar. That's where you're going to meet someone new. And Facebook is the community center. That's where you're going for your tried and true communities. Where you? That's where all the moms are. <laughs> yes. It is. It totally is. And it's, it's just, but it's so noisy. Everything is so noisy now. Yeah. And how do you cut through the noise? How do you cut through someone's personal? Well, yeah. Like, it's not even that it's, it's that, but it's also Facebook is not playing with you. Even if you are yeah. interacting, like even in your groups, when you go live, nobody is seeing it. Yeah. But if you post like a plain text, which I've been doing for the past few weeks, which is actually going really great. I actually scheduled a bunch of post via Facebook, not anything outside like Hootsuite or anything. So I'll do like, what's your favorite emoji or whatever. And like everyone chimes in. Which is so funny because you're like, because you're like, what is the point of talking about your favorite emoji? Like for me, again, it's, it's the introverted part of me. Like that feels like the social media version of small talk, which I freaking hate small talk. Right. Which is why I don't do it. And then you look at it and you're like, but I can't, but you know, if you get people to, to interact on that post, they're then higher chances of seeing this mm-hmm. other post over here. Like, it's just this game. It's like a huge a game. game of chess. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is, I don't do game. Like, I just, I'm, that's just <laughs> my personality. It's just, right? And I just, I've, you know, even a couple weeks ago when I was really deep in this burnout and my body just was not feeling right. And I really did think I had a bug. Like my son got it kind of this week. So I'm like, oh, I think I actually did mm. have like a gastrointestinal bug last week. Cause I was just like, my body, just something's wrong. And I don't know. It, it wasn't bad enough where I was like, oh, I'm clearly sick. But yeah. it was just, oh my God. So anyways, I'm sitting there and you know, when you just get stuck in the loop of like, like you really take a step back and you look at it and you look at Instagram or you look at Facebook and don't you, I sometimes just go and look at it and go, what is the point? Oh, like yeah. we're literally sitting here looking at boxes that we hold in our hands and like trying to just essentially be the popular girl. Yeah, And yeah. even though everyone's like, no, be authentic and whatever. And you're like, but I can't doubt that when I post certain things mm-hmm. that maybe are not talking about anything, but is that the value is the value that you're giving them a respite from all the heavy information that you share and having a really simple post is really valuable. Like maybe that's the, what you're doing. But when I look at it, I'm like, I'm not interested in having those surficial level conversations. That's just not how I operate in life. Um, and anyone, you know, if you've been beside me at a party, like if we're not talking about interesting things, I'm like, just not talking because yeah, just, yeah. I just, I'm not that kind of person. And I've accepted that about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just why I'm not great at networking events, but <laughs> you know, it's just so, yeah, some days I just feel like I can go like, it's just a game. And what if you just don't want to play the game anymore? But like, then what would your business be? Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to play the game and it's just a game. It doesn't matter what industry that you're in. You know, I can see it from two industries with mm-hmm. network marketing and my other online course business. And I said to my husband the other day, you know, I'm learning where there were some things that I thought were just very unique to my industry as these health practitioners and the, the excuses that they would use for maybe not investing in themselves. Um, 
And I thought that was just health practitioners specifically, because again, my background, health practitioner, like I know how they think so intimately, mm-hmm. but then I'm understanding that those are exactly the same, you know, excuses or um, barriers or hurdles that other industries have. And I'm like, oh my God, this stuff is so universal. Like I, it, I just never considered that before. I don't know why. Like it, it hit me like a ton of bricks as I was just like, wow, like my people, the, you know, busy moms running a business crowd say they don't have time because they're, you know, taking care of their family and they're doing all these other things. But then even my husband's business where he's working with like larger companies that across again, all different industries, but even they're going, we don't have time for that, or we don't have the money for that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay. So like, it's just so interesting to me. It's basically just all marketing, right? It's all they don't think they have the time or money because we haven't educated them enough or marketed to them in a way that they are willing to get over that boundary or hurdle or excuse, you know, use whatever word. I don't like using excuse because that feels like people aren't trying or something. It's like, no, it's not an excuse. It's a legitimate concern for a lot of people. Um, So it's just been so interesting in the last month, just really taking a step back and, and trying to look at things from the 30,000 foot view Mm-hmm. of going, you know, what's working and what isn't and what's worth my time and what isn't and what value am I providing and what are things where I know that I'm just posting them because I feel like I should be posting something. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not interested in that as much, but then you get penalized mm-hmm. by algorithm. So, you know, it's just uh, such a big conversation. It's a, it's definitely a game we chose to play though. That's for I sure. I know. Right. And so you're like, well, what's the other option? Go and get a regular job. Oh, hell no. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> so you're like, well, I guess I got to play the game. I have a full-time job and you I, do? but I work from home. And I so like there's are beside each other and yeah, I work for, I've worked for a really large corporation for almost 15 years and that I feel like I always say like God knew that I cannot work in the workplace. So when I was 21 years old, I got the opportunity to work from home and I took it and I've been at home ever since. Yeah. So I've always been home working. And I thought when I get off of work in the afternoon, you know, nine years ago, I wanted to do more with my life. And that's kind of why I started my business. And yeah, sometimes it's a big juggle and, and it can get overwhelming, but um, somehow I make it work. There's a nice part about having that security as well. Um, And I see it in the people that I mentor in my business is when they, and I have had people decide to leave very steady, secure corporate full-time jobs and go all in on their business. And I say to them, and I'm like, I'm not trying to plant a seed of doubt in your head or anything before this Mm -hmm. happens, but I'm just letting you know, this is in my experience, how I see this going. One is you all of a sudden have freed up, you know, 40 hours of work yeah. time and all that mental energy. And now you can put it all into your business and it just, you know, huge spike, huge growth. Yay. The mm-hmm. other one, the other way that I see it go. And to be honest, I think, um, and I don't know if this is just a woman thing and it's that security and we're kind of always making sure that there's this level of security in our life because mm-hmm. we have, you know, children to take care of most times. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said to them, these particular people, Or it's going to be that you almost, um, without even knowing it, turn into having this almost desperation vibe that you have to make Mm -hmm, it work. mm -hmm. And when you get into that mindset, regardless of whether you're verbalizing that to people, regardless of whether you're even conscious of that or not, people pick up on that. It's because there's no pressure. 
they were just yeah. having fun. They were actually yeah. having fun in their business and going, okay, well, if this works great, but like, no worries. Like I know I have X number of dollars coming in where all of a sudden it, it, it seems to like, it needs to be very strategic. And all of a sudden they're like, like I have to make it work. And it's like, no, yeah. that, that feeling is the feeling that literally repels mm -hmm. just everything. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So that's really, that's really good to hear that like you can actually balance both. I've been listening a little bit more lately to people mm -hmm. who, and they don't have other full-time jobs, but they specifically design their business mm -hmm. to work in very specific hours. Yep. And, and like 16 hours, like they run a multiple six figure business in 16 hours a week. And I'm like, it didn't even occur to me until six months ago that I could work less. <laughs> I'm, oh, totally. I, I just, I'm a hard worker. I'm a hustler. If I have 60 hours of work that I could fill up, I would fill it up with 60. Mm -hmm. If I only had, if Alex was sick, like he was this week and we had a, um, a vacation, like our holiday, our long weekend was last weekend. Um, yeah. So we really only had four days of school, but then he was sick for a day. So really only three days of work this week. And magically, I don't feel any right. more stressed than any other time period, any other week where there's five days or I'm launching. And I say mm -hmm. to my husband, I need to work the weekend because I, my cart's mm -hmm. opening on the Sunday or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just, there is no shortage of everything that we could be doing in our business. No, it's really taken this shift. And I think this is honestly how CEOs start to think totally. is, um, is not, not even what do I need to hire out and mm -hmm. what do I need to do myself? It's more, do I even need to be doing that thing in the first place? Yes. That's, that's the, that's the ticket right there. Right? Yeah, I've only created my business to so only work a couple of hours a day, nap times. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've done. Cause that's I don't want to work on it anymore. And I always was scared to share with people that I have a full-time job. And then once I started sharing that with people, everyone's like, Oh my God, I feel so much better knowing that that's what you do because I feel so much pressure to quit my job. And that was like gone once I, once I heard that that's not in, in your, that wasn't in your cards. Yeah. So yeah, I'm always open with that. Well, there's so many influencers where their branding is specifically how to get out of your nine to five job. Yeah. But most of those people don't have families and you know, they don't have the same life as you. And then that, that kind of rubs wrong with a lot of people. So like, you know, we have to go back to being really genuine in our lifestyle so people can feel that connection with us. Yep. 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 And looking at it and, and you know, this is again, that conundrum of social media is you do on some level want to be aspirational, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you need to share the real story of like, yeah, like this is, this is why I guess I'm so transparent in a lot of my blog posts is I have no problem sharing. And I have blog posts that are like, these are all 11 years of financial numbers that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. So going back to the very beginning of my business, this is how much I was working. So I, that's when I was working full time, mm -hmm. um, trying to make my business work on the side. We didn't have a child yet. We weren't even married yet. Mm -hmm. So there was very little. And I remember even thinking back then, I'm so busy. And I laugh at myself now. You're right? Right. <laughs> like I laugh at myself of the things I used to think before I was a mom and thought I was busy, hearty, har, har. Um, but I, you know, I share those numbers and I go, these are the things that I invested. These are the things that I spent my money on. These are the online courses. These are the things that I thought would fix my business and, you know, skyrocket money coming in and didn't do anything. And then these were the ones that I actually took where I started learning business things and not how to become, take other courses and other methodologies of teaching people about health. It's like, no, you know, enough 
about your niche. It's, you just don't know how to run a business. And when that light went on and I took B school and realized Mm -hmm. that there were business coaches, I was like, Oh my God, this, you can hire someone that will Mm -hmm. tell you how to like actually run a business. Right. Like I didn't know that that existed for a long time. Now back then social media also wasn't a huge thing. So we didn't have all of these options and it was actually really hard to find some of these people unless you had a friend who knew someone. And, um, so, you know, I share those numbers because I'm like, look, I, you might look at where I am now and think I have it figured out, even though, you know, mo money, mo problems. Like it's all, it just shifts. It's like Mm -hmm. parenthood. You know, you think when you're in the beginning, having a child that that is the most stressed you're going to be because you're not getting any sleep and it's around the clock and it never stops. And then they get older and you think, okay, they'll get older and I'll have more independence. And no, the stress just shifts. The Mm -hmm. problems just shift Mm -hmm. and you're still round the clock aware, you know, energy, um, going out and how do you, you know, fill yourself back up with that. And it's the same thing in business. It's like, everyone says, oh, it's the algorithm. It's like, no, it's just, it's just, again, dealing with the shifting patterns of where to focus on. And when I realized that, I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to tell anyone that I had a business or even what I did. And when I started learning that stuff, the lights went on and I started making the money. And, um, you know, I, I share that with people cause I just hope that it can, um, fast track them. Like, I just hope that they can realize much quicker and it didn't take them five years to realize that where, you know, I've been in business for 11 years, five of that was not knowing how to run a business, not marketing, not doing anything to, you know, find people who actually want to pay me. And so the second half of my business is where I started learning all of those things. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't want all of you out there maybe watching me to waste the five years (laughs) doing what I did and not looking and not, again, not being egotistical of like, this is what you should do. But just in my experience, all of my friends. And now that I have more successful entrepreneur friends, because, you know, we're in masterminds or we're in, we just start grabbing or kind of building this collective of women, um, women specifically for me, but people who have figured it out in some way, shape or form. And you look at the consistencies between them. A lot of us have those very similar stories of we were investing time and money into becoming more experts in our industry when we should have been investing it into learning how to run our businesses Mm -hmm. better or marketing or those types of things. So, um, yeah, that's why I do that is because it's like, you know, there's, there's aspirational again, it's that fine line. You want to be aspirational because you do need to position yourself in some way. Like, you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, you need to show them that you understand where they are And the problems that they've been through, and it's almost a, um, it's almost like a, like a journaling exercise. Like you almost sometimes have to go back because it's been so long since you've been in that place where they are. You almost have to like get into it and just be like, okay, like I'm going to walk myself through mentally what a day in my life used to feel like. You know, what did I eat for breakfast? How was my schedule? Um, what was I worried? What did my bank account look like? What did you know my like? Just all those things that we tend to forget just like parenthood. We tend to forget what the struggles Mm -hmm. were, but if you really sit there and think back to how you felt and, Oh, the changing of the diapers, you know, that's kind of that, that one thing where people, um, if they think of having a baby a little bit more spaced out than maybe might be not normal, but you know, some people it's generally like two to three years. And I understand now being a parent because I'm like, yep. Once your one child gets out of diapers, it's really hard to go back. 
<laughs> to diapers. And it's right. just one of those examples. Um, and one of those things that you can go, oh yeah, diapers, like, yes, mm-hmm. that is so, you know, they're expensive and they're annoying mm-hmm. and the blowouts and, you know, all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So um, I kind of feel like that's how businesses sometimes too, you know, we just say like how you are in one thing is how you are in everything. How you show up in one thing is how you show up in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so how you are as a parent is probably going to be how you treat your business. And mm-hmm. um, that's what the last kind of six months to a year, even longer than that, I think I just wasn't aware of it, has been for me is really stepping back and looking at some of the ways that I run my business, the ways that I parent mm-hmm. and going, is that how I want to do that though? It's just kind of, yeah, it's just like kind of automatically what comes out because we were raised a certain way and you pick up beliefs or habits or mindset issues from your parents that you, or grandparents or society or anything that you just weren't aware of. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you go, oh, but wait, is that even mine? Mm -hmm. Like, do I even want to act like that or do those Mm -hmm. things or whatever it is? So I think just for the longest time, even like there weren't a lot of people that even would share that they only work X, like very part-time in their business because no, the whole thing was glorified hustle. You yeah, know, like, you yeah. know, look at all the, you know, people that their businesses have hustle in that branding, mm-hmm. right? Like that's how they're branded. And to be honest, like when you look at just society period, like especially just North American society, I've never been to Europe. I totally want to go. Yeah. Um, but you know, they build into their days rest mm-hmm. and they go for lunch and like, it's almost sacrilegious if you don't take that break. Yeah. But for us, it's just like, oh, you could be working more and you're not like how selfish of you or why not? Mm -hmm. Or why would you not want to work full time? And I'm starting to realize like I need to take a look at my business and and start to break down at what point does it feel good Mm -hmm. to work X amount of hours in my business and over and above that, how much is it taking time away from the things that I need to do to actually feel good as someone with anxiety as someone with um, more of a sensitive body, which it took me a long time to accept that is I, um, my body gets affected and I don't want to use the word empath. I don't necessarily resonate with that, mm-hmm. but for lack of a better word, I'm an mm-hmm. empath. I pick up on all the feelings. I, uh, even things like medications, I can't take the regular dosage because my body is so sensitive mm. and it takes me longer to recuperate after things. So even mm-hmm. after my launch, you know, I expected, okay, like a week. I mean, in a perfect world, I would have blocked off and actually taken a vacation for mm-hmm. a week. Mm-hmm. I didn't even do that. But then mm-hmm. I looked at it and I'm like, we're a month out and I'm yeah. still just yeah. getting over it now. How can it take a month to get over literally just showing up on right. video for two yeah. weeks? Like this yeah. is not running not a marathon. Right. This is not climbing Mount Everest. This no. is not like in your head. These are not hard things, right? But for me, Mentally, it is though. It is. It is, right? But again, these examples sometimes that you see on social media that you're looking to and you think that, okay, it's just me who feels like that. Like what's wrong with my body or what's wrong with my business or what's wrong with the way that I do things that I feel that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So whether it's physical, whether it's you have, you know, mental health issues, whether you have actual physical limitations and have a chronic illness or disease that Mm -hmm. limits how much you can work. Um, but you know, being able to look at it and say, what do I need on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, yearly basis to make sure that I can actually show up 
period, consistently. Mm -hmm. So there's one thing to, you know, show up for two weeks on a launch, but then go dark for a month. It's like, well, it's not, you're not going to be rewarded from the algorithm. You're not going to be rewarded Mm -hmm. by the people who are following you. Um, It's actually better to kind of run that marathon and go slower and give less, but over a long period of time than it is to give all of yourself in a very short period of time, but then need weeks, months, whatever to recuperate. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this new kind of thought of like, oh, you can not even have to work part-time at your business. Cause you know, again, like some people they're working full-time, mm-hmm. you can't work another full-time job or, I mean, you could, but you go insane. Literally. Yeah. Um, but it's like, but to actually say I choose to work less hours is I think a very different mentality. Mm-hmm. And to say, I'm choosing, because again, it brings up um, this feeling, I'm listening to a a book right now, and they're talking about this thing, um, again, it's not like an actual diagnosed thing, but it's called human giver syndrome. And as women, we essentially are raised, and it's just accepted that we give all of ourselves, Mm -hmm. whether it's being a mother, whether, like, whatever it is, and whatever capacity that you are as a woman, or maybe you're not a a woman, but you just resonate with that, Mm -hmm. um, that we just give all of ourselves. And I, that, cause that is how I operate. I just, I, it, it comes from a good place, but then when I get burned out, I get resentful that I gave all of myself. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm starting to learn that self-regulation, but they're like, but that's the thing though, is that that's not even expected of men. Right. It's not even in there. And I mean, I'm raising a son and I'm trying to raise him as someone who is, you know, contributes to the household and we don't do everything for him. But naturally, like I just see him that is just like, it's this conundrum of like, I see how he is just like that. And I don't know if it's just my son, if it's boys in general, I don't want to gender stereotype, (laughs) but you know, it's really interesting to look at it as yes, societal expectations for us as women is that we give all of it. So if I don't have another business or another regular job that I go to, that is my reason for saying, oh, I can't work full-time hours on my business. Then that means I have to choose to work less in my business. Mm -hmm. And for someone who didn't even realize that that was a choice for someone who has had so many powerful, amazing women in her family and in her life, but I see them, a lot of them are hard workers. So Mm -hmm. it's never been my experience to see women properly taking care of themselves ever. Mm -hmm. And at 36 years old, I'm starting to learn this and go, okay, what is my body capable of? What is my mind capable of? What is my business capable of? And how do I grow that in a way that is sustainable, that feels good, that is healthy for everyone involved? Not just healthy for the people who I'm paying to do tasks, not just for everyone else, but like also for me, Mm -hmm. how do we build a healthy business in all aspects, healthy profits, healthy mental health, (laughs) healthy, you know, just everything. How do we do that? And yeah, these are a lot of the questions, deep questions, like deep thoughts with Ashley, right? (laughs) Like, so the questions I've been asking myself over the last, you know, month or so. Well, those are like really important questions and nobody, nobody's talking about them. So it's, it's, you have to have that conversation with yourself. If you can't have it with anyone else, it has to be with yourself, especially if you're running a business and you're working with other people, that's kind of a non-negotiable. And like you said, it took me years to figure out that I have to make a choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we always, I think, just want to take the choice of 
Like, why would we not have more if mm-hmm. we, if we can have it, you know, like it's, it's just always, um, I think it's kind of that very North American, like very, you know, like you want all the things, mm-hmm. not in a bad way, but just in a, like, who would not want to have a lovely abundant life? Yeah. But then you look at it and, um, and especially kind of, I'm at this kind of point income wise in my business where I probably should incorporate, um, I'm not though. And I'm sure my accountant, I meet with my accountant on Monday to talk about my income tax from the previous year. And I'm sure she will say to me, you should be incorporating. And always the, the thing is, is like, yeah, but because your, your business will continue to grow. Right. And that's always the goal. It's just Mm -hmm. your business is going to continue to grow. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm stagnated at this level because I actually don't know what I would spend more money on. Mm. Like for me, I'm very goals oriented. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also looking at it going, what does more mean though? Like, what do I want? What do I want this? I don't want to say legacy, but what do I want to do with my money? Mm-hmm. Am I going to give part of it to charity? Am I going to just save more? Am mm-hmm. I going to pay off the house? Am I like, and, and that again, feels like a very big thing, right? Like to pay off a mortgage. That's not like, I just paid off my car loan mm-hmm. and that's kind of my money set point right now is like, Oh, absolutely. Pay off your $22,000 car yeah. loan, but to pay off a $200,000 mortgage, which, and then people in larger cities are like, your mortgage is only $200,000. <laughs> that's hilarious because I live in actually a very affordable community. Um, uh, the same house, you know, in Toronto would be a million dollars, but we don't live in Toronto. We choose not to live in Toronto or a bigger city. Um, but I'm looking at it going, okay, well then you pay off the house and then what? Like if I don't want to just travel the world, if I don't want to like buy crazy expensive cars, I actually don't have a big wardrobe. I don't really Mm -hmm. foresee, you know, I think if I was into a huge wardrobe, I probably would have one by now. And I really don't, but like, Mm -hmm. you know, like what does more mean? what does more mean? And if the things that you want more of are things that you actually can't buy, mm-hmm. you know, like what's, what's the advantage of making more and just kind of feel like stressing yourself at it's, it's these conversations even that, you know, we see um, other really high level, you know, seven figure earners are uh, talking about and saying, if my business is this stressful at, you know, $1 million, how stressful will my business be at $10 million? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's hilarious that you think that your million dollar business is stressful because don't you just hire everything out? But again, it's a different level of responsibility. Yeah. So my business at $200,000 of income, then I look at it and go, but how stressful is it going to be at 500 or right. even 300 or what that next level is, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but then I'm realizing again, the key to it is, you create more income so that you can take care of yourself in the way that you need to. And if that means working less hours, you've made more income to be able to hire out more help so that you can show up. If you choose to show up as 10, 15, 20 hours a week, instead of 40, 60, 80 hours a week. Mm -hmm. But when you are showing up, you're showing up to the things that only you can do. Number one, Um, you're also showing up in the way that um, is going to get uh, get people to know you more. Right. Cause I, I think a lot of us get stuck in doing the behind the scenes business stuff. And then again, we don't, you know, then it comes around to like actually showing up on Facebook and Instagram and social media and all those things. And we don't have the energy left to it's mm-hmm. like, no, those things actually need to be priority number one. Yeah. And then all the rest of the behind the scenes things, those are the things you can hire out. Um, I'm a control freak. So sometimes I have problems hiring that out, but I now have a great assistant where I'm just mm-hmm. like, can I give you more things? Right. What are, 
all the things that you can do. And I see the value in making more money so that I can have more people like that on my team. Yeah. And then it goes even deeper. Like if I make more money, I can help other women make more money for their Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've looked at it is I'm like, oh yes, there's going to be some women that you know, maybe they're, they have a business and they do very specific things, but they can't maybe, or maybe they don't want to do, they don't want to be the front facing person. Maybe they don't want to build their business that way, but they love doing those things. And the alternative, maybe they live in a place where jobs like that aren't available and their only alternative is some crappy, like minimum wage. And they're giving, you know, X number of hours and making not a lot of money because minimum wage is not a livable wage. Um, you know, those are sometimes the alternatives for some of these women that have so many amazing skills that should be taken advantage of, but they don't know that they have the outlet or that person just doesn't realize, oh, like there are other people that need help with that. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't want to do all that marketing and stuff, but being an assistant um, is their perfect cup of tea. Yes. And they're like, oh my God, I love doing assistant stuff. And I'm like, that's hilarious. Cause I never would. I just, I'm not. I don't want anyone telling me what to do. I want to be the creative coming up with the new things to do. Yeah. So Um, yeah, you're like the visionary and then they're the integrator. So for example, you know, setting up a funnel, wouldn't it be amazing just to say, okay, this is what I want. And then I vision this here, make it happen. And those are the women that are a huge blessing to businesses. Yep. That to me is so like, I didn't even realize. And I mean, I should, because theoretically I understand you can literally hire out anything. Like anything in the world, there is someone who probably has a business doing that. And, um, but I'm just like, wow, you could just like, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts now with seven figure earners where they say, yes, like my job is to just come up with the ideas. My job is to first show up on social media in the platforms that I show up on so that people know, like, and Mm -hmm. trust me and get to know me. But then my only other job is to come up with ideas. And then when I come up with an idea, I just go to the appropriate person on my team and say, here's the idea, implement it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my, what? Like you can do, you can do that because my, my <laughs> experience has been come up with the idea, explain to an assistant how they actually do it, record all the training videos. And again, mm-hmm. I'm realizing this is because I, I think that way, but not mm-hmm. everyone else mm-hmm. thinks that way. And I'm really holding myself back, but it takes so much time to actually train someone else on how to do it that I might as well have just done it myself. And that's Mm -hmm. where I'm. So now I have an assistant where I just said, you know, I'm really interested to know if YouTube would be a great way for us to start marketing. I don't really have a presence there, Mm -hmm. but I'm starting to make some videos for launches and posting them there. I don't think I'm even like, I didn't even know you could like tag on YouTube and all these things. Mm -hmm. My header channel art is from four years ago for my Mm -hmm. branding four years ago. And so I said, I just don't know. Like, can you just figure out if YouTube is a thing for us or not. And mm-hmm. she gave me this great PowerPoint and it screenshots of my YouTube and here, this is what exactly what we're going to change. And, Oh, I did this other research and I figured out that, like, but I was just like, Oh my God, I just gave you a project and you just figured it out. Mm-hmm. It was the best. And not even that she far exceeded my expectations of mm-hmm. that I would have asked or would have known to ask. And I was like, oh, this is what it's like growing a team. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, it's just like when you hand stuff off to your kids, you know, maybe, you know, yours is a little bit young yet, but it, you, you almost have like a low, not low expectations, but you or you have that control freak mindset. Yeah. And then when you're like, hey, let's do this. I'm the same way I had talked to mine 
my assistant a few months ago about the podcast and I thought we need to make more of a workflow, blah, blah, blah. Like this is a kind of a mess what we're doing. (laughs) And she just took it and ran with it and made like this amazing workflow and recorded it for me. And I had tears in my eyes watching it because it felt so much better. And I was like, yeah, I could have done this myself, but the fact that you did it exactly the way I would have done it makes me so happy. Right. Right. Like I know. And this is where I'm just like, and even, and my assistant came to me, we had a meeting um, cause she's newer. So we had a three month review and just like, is this what you expected it would be? Are you happy with me? Am I happy with you? You know, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. And she said to me, have you ever considered doing a podcast? And I was like, Oh God, it's like coming up in my head. And yes, I thought about it. Is it not? But like, I know how much behind this, because, you know, people will listen to a podcast and go, oh, you just talk to someone for an hour. How hard can it be? But it's like, no, the planning and the organizing and the marketing yeah. after, like, it's yeah. kind of like making an online course is you make a course that you know people need and you, because you've either helped people one-on-one or they keep asking you for mm-hmm. it and you make a course and you spend all your time and energy making the course that you have no time and energy left to actually market the course. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've been teaching my my people that I mentor, you know, actually only 50% of the energy goes into the creation of the thing. Mm-hmm. The other minimum 50% goes into marketing it and all of that other stuff that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it's so uh, it, like, it feels so good. And I'm starting to understand that. Yes, this is how you scale your business is you find other people like that, where you do say, and you have the capability to say, here, I'm thinking of this thing. What do you think? And then they go, okay, let me look into that for you. Let me do Mm -hmm. that for you. And I'm like, wow, this is like mind blown. This is what seven figure business earners feel like, you know, like this is what they actually do with their daily life, but they're still creating. Mm -hmm. Um, and they have the freedom to create in a way that is unhinged from the limitations and all the other stuff that is using up their energy. And I'm like, yeah, if we could almost be creators and just come up with great ideas because we have the time to sit back and, and observe mm-hmm. and to interact with our actual customers more and to be on the pulse of what that is and what is going to be the next thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we could all come up with probably better ideas mm-hmm. if we had the time and space to do that. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's so, it's so interesting looking at other people's businesses. If you can find people who will share that really true story with really, um, with transparency, because, you know, some people share and I, 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 I'm not mistrustful, but distrustful. I'm, um, sometimes I take it with a grain of salt when I hear stories from business owners, because I know what some people will do just for marketing tactics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, I'm a, you know, a multiple six figure business owner, but they're spending like multiple six figures minus $20,000 on ads. And it's like, well, you don't really have a multiple six figure business. You do, Mm -hmm. you don't like, you know, so it's sometimes it's, it, it is, I feel hard to know who to actually trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just takes time to build that and, and, and watch them for a long period of time. Um, and to interact with them more, to know that they're being, um, genuine mm-hmm. and authentic mm-hmm. and sharing the real story. Yeah. And it just kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, just sharing who you are and being okay. It's like, you don't have to be like everyone else. Hide the fact that you have kids or a full-time job or a part-time job. You don't have to hide any of that because nobody's going to feel like they can connect with you and trust you um, unless you do that. And you have to be okay with that. 
Yeah. Well, and the people who are in your situation are going to trust you. Like those are the people that are going to buy your stuff because mm-hmm. they're like, she understands exactly mm-hmm. where I am right now. And um, if we don't share all of that stuff, like I can't tell you how many people in my last launch purchased, I think because they also suffer from anxiety. And so my course is about oh, websites yeah. and my, I told a story about literally how my business can still grow or at least remain stable because of my website. So when I'm having a month where I don't know why I'm anxious, I just am. And it's hard for me to get off the couch and it's hard for me to show up in a way that I should be on social media. My business doesn't fall apart because of my website. And there were so many people that reached out to me and they're like, that's exactly where I am right now is I know I am entirely capable of running an amazing business, but my anxiety stops me from doing what all these other people are saying to do. And whether, again, that's an excuse, like, you know, you look at someone with, um, like what's a disease that is something like you did not ask for. And they're, you know, you don't look at someone with tuberculosis and you're just like, well, get over it. But sometimes we look at that with mental health is just like, okay, well just like, don't be like, choose not to be anxious, Mm -hmm. choose not to be depressed. Sometimes it's very physiological and you know, it's not that we're sitting here just happy with how we're feeling. We are in our heads also going, how can I feel better? Mm -hmm. But it allows the time and space that if you need time to do that, your business is still potentially, and if you've put enough of the legwork into it beforehand and set it up very strategically, still creating that flow of potential customers, whether they're coming on board right away, if you have an evergreen offering or whether you're just growing that email list so that when you do your launches, you have more potential customers there. You know, it's, it's, but I'm realizing not everyone shares their stories like that. There's a lot of people with anxiety or mental health issues that are like, I can't share that because they're going to think that I'm not trustworthy or they're going to think that there's something wrong with me. And why should they buy my stuff? Cause I'm not in perfect health, especially us as health practitioners. If we're selling health programs, there's innately this feeling that we need to be in perfect health and mm-hmm. before we can sell perfect health. Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I had so many people that were like, I bought because you shared that story because I am someone suffering from the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's that message, right. Is just, don't be afraid. I mean, there's still some things that I think should remain private. And I am actually kind of a private person that way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sharing every, I'm that person that's like, I am not going to follow my child around with a camera and record everything in our life. That Mm -hmm. is exhausting. And to be honest, you know, he doesn't know as a six-year-old to give me consent for sharing some of these things that I share. Um, That's a whole other conversation and not that I'm all raw, raw on that, but like, and I show my son's face and I show him and, um, but you know, it's kind of like being on a reality TV show and not ever signing a contract or agreeing to be on that reality TV show. Mm -hmm. We all run our own reality TV shows now. Um, uh, But yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's been really, interesting to just continue to share those stories and to have people react to them. And and also knowing that other people are then going to stop following me because they're like, I don't want to hear the salt. Like, it sounds like she's just complaining or whatever. And again, those aren't my people and that's okay. And that's totally okay. I have these great students. And the more that I really get clear on that messaging, the more I get more and more students that are so engaged and so clear. And those are the people that will take time out of their day to email me or message me or share on social media and be like, your course is amazing. And I'm like, when I wasn't sharing more of myself, when they weren't so Mm -hmm. personally invested in me, no one would share that. Mm -hmm. They weren't going out of their way to let me know 
that my course has made a big difference in their business. I mean, if I asked for a testimonial, that's one thing and I'm super bad at asking for that. (laughs) Um, but you know, it's, it's the more you can share of yourself and the more people, even though it takes a lot more time and energy, right? When you look at scaling that, um, personal connection to a lot of these people, social media, whatever, like you're taking time to reply to direct messages. You're taking time to send voice memos. Mm -hmm. You're taking time to create those relationships. And that's what you're doing, regardless of whether they're in person or not. So when you look at scaling a business, I think that's part of that scaling problem is, you know, you can no longer reply in big, long replies to people. It's maybe just a thank you or a so glad this helped you. And sometimes that doesn't always feel like it's enough when you feel like someone has poured their heart out to you. You know, those people that send you the messages and they're like, they share their story and you're just like, I'm in tears, Mm -hmm. but I also have 50 other messages right now. And like, how do you make sure that you can scale that? But it's so good knowing that the more you can share of yourself, the more people are actually going to be on your side and want to promote your stuff for you. Mm -hmm. That's the best part. They're going to just tell people because they're like, this girl is awesome. She's helped me. Let me share her stuff. Um, Whereas before, if you're not creating that personal connection, it's probably not happening. It's probably just more of, I bought this course, Mm -hmm. whether they even took it or not, whether Mm -hmm. they even logged in or not is a whole other thing. Right. But for someone to actually complete a course and even part way through and then share that they're working on it is a huge success. (laughs) It is. Tell me, tell me why your course is so awesome and um, what your students love about it. So I specifically market, so uh, let me introduce my course is called Brand Build Blog, and it's to teach mainly health practitioners how to brand themselves, how to build their own website, and how to blog to start uh, booking clients on autopilot. And so when I looked at um, my, my course is targeted specifically towards people who are not tech savvy. So I knew that I would have to, in my training videos, cover every single little thing because some of these people have a hard time attaching a PDF to an email. Like I'm talking people who are really not tech savvy is Mm -hmm. who I mark my course towards. So when I say I cover literally everything in my course that would be involved in the implementation. So um, in our course, I teach how to build your website on Squarespace. Um, I also teach how to do some graphic design stuff because I'm really helping someone brand themselves, um, create their own logo, choose their colors. And we're doing that in Canva. I personally Mm -hmm. use Photoshop. I love Photoshop. I don't really like Canva, but that is what's most accessible to the people who I'm marketing my course towards. And so I, in my course and a lot of my templates, my copy templates and everything are in Google docs. So instead of just sharing the Google doc, I actually share, Hey, if you don't know how to use Google docs, this is how you use it. And I give them the rundown of every single little thing that they would need to implement the course because I'm not assuming that they know anything. I'm assuming that they have like negative knowledge and this actually scares them. So um, a lot, I I actually cover quite, I mean, you could really take that and break it down into three separate courses. But when I looked at what my target audience of those health practitioners needed, um, it's not enough to build a website. Like we all know now that a website needs to look good. So then you need to have the branding, but then Mm -hmm. it's not enough to build a website and just have it standing there. I like to call websites where you don't actively blog or you don't actively create content or send, um, or have even like a, an opt-in that might, you know, then help people know if they're going to book with you or not. I like to call those websites, um, very expensive electronic business cards is what they are. Is if you're Mm -hmm. not using your website as a marketing tool, you've essentially paid 
two, three, four, five, ten thousand dollars for a business card is what mm-hmm. it is. Um, so I, I teach them like, great, you've built this website. Now, how do you use it? What is the opt-in you're going to create? And then what are the series of emails that you send after to send people to your paid solutions? And before we even build the website, I have them go through um, an exercise where they figure out what are the ways that people can pay me? Okay. If I have one or two ways, what are the things I need to create on my website to send the attention to those paid things? And so there's like some money mindset work of me trying to teach them. Like if you don't have something to sell, then you don't really have a business. And if you're Mm -hmm. afraid of sending people to your paid solutions, then there's money mindset where, you know, like it covers so many different things. And I had um, a student and this is how my course is different. I had a student send me a message on Friday and she said, in my course, I teach, you could either use Squarespace's pre-made templates, or there are a few, like there's actually lots of companies now, but here's a few that I recommend where Mm -hmm. you can buy really beautiful pre-made templates. And I don't go through in my course, how to set up those templates because that's what you get when you purchase those templates. They show you, here's where you drag and drop and do all the things. Um, but I had a girl say, I bought one of those templates and I am having the hardest time setting it up because they're not covering every single little thing like you cover. So I said, so essentially I've kind of ruined you for other (laughs) online courses. And she's like, honestly, you almost have, because I felt like there were these gaps in information that they thought that I knew automatically or that it was missing. And your course assumes nothing. So my Mm. course is 147 videos. And some of them are, some of them are two minutes long because I split them up into tech skills and theory videos. Because what I realized the first version of the course was like hour long videos where it was covering multiple different subjects. But then we know if you base an, an online course on tech, that tech changes. So in the year or two since I had updated and made the course, Squarespace changed. And so mm-hmm. where people would point and click to add things to their website had completely changed. Yeah. So I realized I actually needed to split up and have very specific. And also, if someone's going back two years later, I actually just used my course, my own course <laughs> yesterday. I was um, helping a girl just get her website up and running. And we were installing a custom font onto her website in Squarespace. And I was like, I don't remember the exact code. I'm going to go back and watch this five minute video. (laughs) And this was a nice part is I didn't have to go through and find the video that it was in and, and know that it was at the 25 minute mark where I covered that. It's like, no, right here, I have a video that's how to upload a custom font into Squarespace. Mm. And I followed my own video and uploaded. (laughs) I felt like such a nerd yet so proud of myself (laughs) that I had the foresight to create a video like that. Um, and so that's how my course is different is I specifically have kept it very affordable because I remember how it felt in the beginning to not have a lot of money and also not know what online courses were. Um, so really the first online course that I invested in was B school, B school, $2,000 us. Thank God the U S exchange rate at that time was not high. (laughs) It would have at this point probably been like $2,700. But, um, you know, that was like $2,000. I actually used an inheritance, a small inheritance from my grandma passing to buy that. Um, I would not have been able to invest in that otherwise. And Mm -hmm. so I specifically priced my course, even though there is so much information and essentially it's, it's, you know, for realistically, for some people, it's a six month to one year strategy. Marketing strategy is essentially what I'm helping them to build. So it's not just about building a website. I have so many people, Hey, can you just build me a website? I'm like, it's so not about that. Mm -hmm. It's so not about the website. It is about 
the branding, how are you showing up? Cause I also cover, you know, you've chosen colors and you've chosen, like, how do you actually apply that to social media? How do you make pins for your website and drive the traffic to your website? Like it's, um, it's like my husband's video business. He can make the most beautiful video for someone's business, but if no one sees it, he as a creator kind of feels like crap. And also the business goes, well, I spent all this money on this video and it's not doing anything. And it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, because it's half the battle to create the thing. It's the other half to show people and teach them how to actually get more eyeballs on it. So that's the difference to my site is it's not just build your website. It's this is then how you use that website to find paying clients. It's a different skill set. That's amazing. Yeah. Like you said, it's not just a program to build a website because um, of course that's kind of the vanity reason why a lot of people might join because like, Oh, she's going to help me build a website. And there's like, no, there's so much more involved in this to make this actually work for you. So that's an extremely effective program. I mean, yeah, you don't see a lot of programs like that out there. No, I didn't realize how different it was until like, I just don't know. People will ask me sometimes like, how did you come up with it? I'm like, I don't know. It just I get these downloads and it just literally was fully formed in my brain. It was the process that I went through when mm-hmm. I had spent, cause I did, um, in 2015, 2015, I invested $10,000 into a custom brand, a custom website. It was WordPress. I was using WordPress, very familiar with WordPress and I couldn't change anything. Yes. And I was like, well, now that I've spent $10,000 that's sitting on my line of credit, I don't have. $50 an hour, which now I know is actually really affordable to pay mm-hmm. someone to make, I can't even change paragraphs mm-hmm. because it's so custom. And I'm like, you know what? And I deleted it. I, 14 months after I paid $10,000 for a website, I deleted it and I built my own Squarespace website. And I was like, oh my God, where has this been my entire life? And I tried mm-hmm. the drag and drop builders on WordPress and it took me eight hours to even mm-hmm. build it. And I was like, I can't do this. And then I found out there's this thing called Squarespace. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. Yes. Um, and, but I went through that process of branding myself. I wasn't a, gra- I had done some of my own graphic design. I was not a graphic designer, but people were like, I love your stuff. I like how it looks. And I'm like, well, I can teach people. Like I went into mm-hmm. Photoshop and I picked a font and I typed out my name and that's how I made my, like, really people don't know how to do that, but they really <laughs> don't know how to do that. And they're going to pay someone $500 to create a logo that probably took that designer 10 minutes to make. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is fascinating to me. It's <laughs> all in the value. I helped someone yesterday set up her brand colors and upload her logos and watermarks into Canva. And she was like, I legitimately would have paid you hundreds of, hundreds of dollars to do that. Oh and my I was goodness. Like, it literally took me 10 minutes. Like <laughs> I'm not even joking, but like, that's what I started realizing is I, I just, I just took them through. I did the process first. I realized that it was working. Mm -hmm. I started doing and learning about content upgrades and all these things where in my industry, unless you're looking to other industries to learn that stuff, it's not always easy to go, Oh, there, I could do the same thing on my website. I'm just a holistic health practitioner, but they, they don't think that way because we're holistic health practitioners. But I kind of bridged this world between going, Oh, that same strategy for that business over there can be applied exactly the same way to a holistic health business. Mm-hmm. But no one was actually saying to the health practitioners, you can do this. So I just tried it first. It was working. I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. I need to share this with other people. And mm-hmm. so I did and just put it all together in one course. I didn't feel, it didn't feel right. I never even considered making more than one course 
for mm-hmm. each different subject because I was like, no, one part doesn't work without the other. Yep. So they need it all. So I'm just going to yep. put it all in one course. And if they choose not to finish it, if they choose to stop at the pretty website, well, that's stupid and as far as I'm, that's <laughs> my opinion. but whatever, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So a lot of my education, especially during my launches and the rest of the year is guys, like it's not about building the website. It's blogging and and blogging doesn't mean written blogs. It could mean a video that you put on your blog. It could mean a a podcast that you put on a blog. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is that the web, the traffic needs to go back to your website. That's your home. You can control your home. You know what your home feels like. You cannot control what is going on outside of your home ever right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They bring you to your home. Pinterest is the mall. You can't control what's going on at the mall. You can't control what's going on the bar that is Instagram or at the community mm-hmm. center, which is Facebook, but you can bring them back to your home and create a lasting relationship. Yep. Like no one's going to invest $2,000. It's kind of like getting married. You're not going to go to the bar. Well, some people do, but you're not going to go to the mar- to the bar and say, I'm getting married to someone at the bar tonight. That's mm-hmm. equivalent to someone going, oh, I'm trying to find someone to buy my $2,000 program and just thinking they're just going to literally click a link on Instagram and buy it right there. Mm-hmm. No, you need to bring them home. You need to woo them. You need to get to know them. You need to date them. You need to create a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you ask for their hand in marriage, which is buy my stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, doesn't happen in real life. Not going to happen in business. <laughs> Same thing. Well, and there's always those rare occasions, right? <laughs> Well, yes, there's always those people that say, I knew the night I met her and we got married within a week and then are, we've been married for 50 years. But to be honest, then you look at it and go, but like the divorce rate is 50%. You honestly think that's the norm, but we're just, we like to romanticize, you know, certain things. But yeah, so that's what I, I, that's why my course is different and why I firmly believe and still do blog to this day. You know, people will say there's blogging is dead or whatever. And it's like, well, it's still working for me. Like Mm -hmm. it's still working for lots of other people. Mm -hmm. It's just, you need to find what works for you. Maybe that is podcasting. Maybe it's a written blog. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's a YouTube video. Like just find what it is that you want to do, but consistently freaking do it. That's the key. Just, you need to be consistent and stop going, well, this person said this over here and this person, I'm going to try this. And Mm -hmm. you're not trying anything for long enough for it to turn into success. (laughs) just jumping around. Right. And you have to tap into what you want to do. Cause again, like we said at the beginning, this is the game that you chose to play. So just play the things that you want. And I think that will genuinely work itself out into um, a successful business. If you're always doing the things that you enjoy. Yes. It needs to be a half. Well, let's say 75% what you enjoy, 25% where your potential customers, paying customers are actually going to be like, Mm -hmm. I could say, Oh, I want to create YouTube videos. But if that's not where my people are, you know, you could, right. they will come, but I've tried that in the past. So you're going to create a method that works good for you, but also, um, resonates with, with the behaviors. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that's the first step of my course. Who are you actually trying to help? You're not trying to help all the people. Mm-hmm. Who are you trying to help? Where are they? How do they feel? What are their problems? How are you going to solve it? Step one of branding, not picking pretty colors, Yes. not picking a font, who are you actually trying to help? Period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. The big question. The big question. The big it question. is. I know. All right, Ashley, this was so good. So many things we talked about. How can people find more about you and your course? 
You can go to my website is, and of course I have a hard last name to spell, but it's ashleysorokis.com. So A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-R-O-K-O-S-Z.com. Um, you can either go there for my personal stuff or you can go to brandbuildblog.com for all of my course info and come follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active at Ashley Sorokis. <laughs> Yes, we will put all of those links in the show notes, of course. Ashley, it was so great talking with you. I cannot wait to put this out and listen to it again. There's so many good things in here. I don't even know how long or short you're going to make this. <laughs> like we talked forever. Thank you for having me on. I love that we've connected now in multiple ways. And um, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, yes, very honored. Want 10 ways for you to start booking your dream clients? I created this workbook for you because I wanted to share my best tips on how I book mine. You're not going to believe how easy these are and I know you'll be able to take my tips and put them into action ASAP so you can start working with your dream clients. To grab the workbook for free, all you have to do is go to lindsaymaloney.com podcast. Hey coaches, are you a member of the Book Your Dream Clients community yet? Because you should be. Just go to dreamclientcommunity.com to request free access. We do fun things like website audits, challenges, and we even have a book club. Join the free Dream Client community now and we'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening to the Book Your Dream Clients podcast. If you want to find out more information how you can work with me, just head on over to my website, lindsaymaloney.com. You will be able to see how you can work with me privately or in a group setting. I'm all about helping you start and scale your coaching business, so I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a rating and review. And if you want bonus points, take a screenshot of a review and tag me on your Instagram story. I'd love to see it and share it with my audience. And plus, you don't want to miss another episode.